0: Friends, I invite you to turn in your Bibles, or you can look on the screen or use a Bible app. We'll be looking at Romans 8, Romans 8. We'll be looking at this for the next three weeks, different sections of Romans 8. We're starting with verses 9 through 17, 9 through 17 of Romans 8. In your pew Bibles, it's page 1609. Paul writes this, he says to his friends, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. This is the word of the Lord. The reality show Hoarders follows people who have too much stuff. And by too much stuff, we mean so much stuff in their house that they actually can't live in their house. They actually can't use the house the way the house was designed to be used. There's so much stuff in the kitchen that they cannot cook or eat in there. There's so much stuff often in the bathrooms that they cannot use the bathrooms. And the show walks with them as people come into their life and say, we would like to help you. Often there's a family member who's trying to help, and they bring in therapists, and they have this camera crew. And so they'll say things to the person like, you know, what if we got rid of this closet full of baby clothes from the 1970s? And the person may say, oh, but I have such good memories of all my kids wearing those clothes. Kids who are now like 50. Or they may say, how about that old tub in the front lawn? Can we just, can we get rid of the old tub in the front lawn? And they may say, oh, but, you know, I, I got plans for that. I got plans for that. And as they go through, you realize that they're just attached. This stuff defines them. It's all about the stuff. And you realize that the, they don't own the stuff. The stuff owns them. Their whole life is defined by their stuff. They're a slave to the stuff. And now you can watch Hoarders. I don't recommend it. Not my favorite. You can watch Hoarders and kind of be like, well, you know, those people got issues. Until you ask yourself the question, what owns me? What owns me? Maybe it's not stuff. But think about what occupies your mind. What is the focus of your worries? What do you think about probably more than you should? What owns you? Maybe it's money. Maybe you have enough, but you're always checking. You're checking to see, do I have enough? Have I saved enough? You're one of those people who just always knows the amount in your bank account. You always have an idea what your tr- retirement fund has. You, you just, you're very focused. Your money owns you. Or maybe it's regrets. When your mind has time to wander, you think about the things you should have done differently. You wish you could go back and change the past. You think about this constantly. Your regrets own you. Or maybe it's your reputation. You want to look good all the time. You want everyone to like you all the time. And whether you cultivate that on social media or you cultivate that through other people or you even cultivate that through your children, you want your reputation to be spotless. And if there's ever a threat to it, it feels like your very life is at stake. Your reputation can own you, or maybe it's an addiction. Nobody knows how much you actually gamble or how much you drink or how often you look at porn, but you do. Or maybe it's anger. When your mind has a moment to drift, you remember what that person said, what that person did, how it felt. Your anger defines you. You can't imagine life without it. It owns you. If you find yourself arranging your life around an addiction or an attitude or the past or worries about the future, it may be something that owns you. It may be something that so occupies your day and your time and your mental space that it clutters up your life. And it clutters up your life so much that you can't actually live your life because you're a slave to that thing. What owns you? In Romans 8, Paul is writing to people who are slaves to things just the way we are slaves to things. Like us, the Roman Christians had addictions and wounds and grudges. The Jews kind of grit their teeth sometimes at the Gentiles, and the Gentiles kind of rolled their eyes at the Jews. Some of them were obsessed with money, whether they were rich or poor. Some of them couldn't stop visiting the pubs. Some of them couldn't stop going to the brothels. They were slaves to sin. And slavery makes people insecure. You don't trust people. You don't trust yourself. You never feel settled. You never feel at ease. Because that's what slavery does. You feel discontent all the time. You're like a hoarder who has lots of stuff but no security. Lots of property but no peace. That's a hard way to live. And God knows it. Paul says, God doesn't want you to live in slavery anymore. He wants you to be free. He wants you to understand that nothing owns you. And Paul uses this really interesting illustration to teach them this. He says in verse 14, All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery but a spirit of adoption, a spirit of adoption. Now, when we think about adoption here in 2022, we think about a family who welcomes in a child who needed a home. That is not what adoption was about in the Roman Empire. In the Roman Empire, a wealthy land-owning male citizen needed to have a male heir to whom he could pass on his stuff. He wanted to have a legacy. He wanted to have somebody to inherit his estate. He needed a son. But this was actually a significant challenge. Half of the babies born in the Roman Empire died before the age of five. It would take a woman six to nine pregnancies to maybe have two children who lived past the age of five. And if neither one of those was a boy, there was no heir. So the Romans came up with a system of adoption. You would find someone else's son to adopt so that that person could get your stuff. So they could get your estate. They could carry on the family name. They could live the legacy. You would adopt them to secure their future and yours. But you didn't want to adopt from somebody else's family who was also wealthy and landowning and everything because, you know, they could very easily take your estate into theirs once you died. And so what the Romans would do often is adopt a slave. Often it was a slave who'd been in their household for some time, but they would choose a slave. Now imagine this. You've been a slave in this family your entire life. That's all you know. Nobody knows exactly where you came from. You were probably taken when the Romans conquered some other area and brought to this place. And all you've known is that you are a slave. You do what this family asks you to do. You go where this family asks you to go. Your job is to make their life easier. Maybe they beat you. Maybe they like you doesn't really matter, because you're still a slave. But then one day, let's say you're 14 or 15, and you've proven to be responsible. Maybe they taught you to read and write, because it's good to have a slave with some skills. And they bring you into the master's space, and much to your surprise, the master's there, his wife is there, his two daughters are there, and a lawyer is there, and there's paperwork there. And your master looks at you and says, from this day forward, you are no longer a slave. You are my son. You get my name. You get this inheritance. You get my legacy. All of it. It's yours. And everything in that slave's life changes. He's immediately ushered out. He's washed. He's given new clothes. He's brought back in. He's given better food than he's ever eaten in his life. He has a better bedroom than he's ever had in his entire life. Suddenly, he's got freedom. But deeper than that, he's got family. He's got place. He's got purpose. Slavery meant that he was owned. Adoption means that he belongs. It's a very different That's what Paul is talking about here in Romans 8. He's like, that's what happened to y'all. You were given a spirit of adoption, not a spirit of slavery. No, that's in your past. Why would you go back to that when you can be an adopted child of the king? He's saying to the Roman Christians, no, you are no longer owned by your anger or your ego or your fear. Those things don't own you anymore. You've been set free. You now have an inheritance and a legacy and a name. And that's the same gift we get. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are adopted in. We are adopted in. And not because any of us were smart or cute or more holy than anybody else, but because God loved us. Because God chose us. And God looks at our lives and He looks at the pressures that are trying to own us and He says, No, no, no. Not today, Satan. This one's mine. You don't get to own her. That eating disorder has no more power over her. That addiction has no more power over him. Say goodbye to ego. Say farewell to lust. Say goodbye to your past and hello to a future. Say goodbye to being enslaved to sin and say yes to belonging as an adopted child. God looks at you and says, you are mine, you belong to me, and now you get to act like it. You get to clear out the clutter, you get to clear out the stuff that's preventing you from living the life that God is inviting you to live. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you get to say, what is owning me and what is God inviting me to? How can I surrender this thing that is holding me back and receive the life that God is inviting me to? Slavery means that you're owned. Adoption means you belong. That's the gift we're given. Jesus made a place for us in his family. He made a place for us at this table. He made a place so that we belong And we belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all of our sins with his precious blood and has set us free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over us in such a way that not a hair can fall from our heads without the will of our Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for our salvation. Because we belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures us of eternal life and makes us wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Brothers and sisters, we belong. Blessed be our God. Will you pray with me? Our God, we give you praise and thanks for you did not want us to be owned by anything. And you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to shed his blood so that we can be free, that we belong. We thank you. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you encourage us, that you invite us to clear out the clutter so that we can live the life you're inviting us to live as your beloved children. We pray this in the name of our Jesus. Amen.